Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Hi, I'm Mark Hogesang. Thanks for having me on your show, Craig. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. Uh, Mark, better known as Hoagie, or more often in the circles that I've seen, known as Hoagie, uh, which maybe I want to ask that question, but I think I'll stick to the topic. Let's talk about podcasting. So in the context of podcasting, we have these little pre-chats before I press record on these, and we seem to find our way to education and continuing education, but not in the sense of like, let's go back to school, but continuing education in the sense of if if one is a lifelong learner, when, as you did, you go to retire, you, you're just going to find something. And I'm wondering what was it that drew you into podcasting as this educational thing that you were going to pursue? Well, I think it started um, once I did retire from Nike in November. I sent out a note to colleagues and teammates and said, here are some things I'm thinking about doing. And one of the things that seemed to resonate louder than any was, oh, a podcast. I'd listen to you talking about sports. So after reflecting, I was like, well, that's got to be easier than writing a novel <laughs> and more engaging and connected. And um, who doesn't like sharing their opinions, right? Yeah. Even though I'm introverted, I thought that was a nice opportunity to meet some people in the sports world and also kind of express my point of view on a multitude of different things happening in that sports world. So that's how it all kind of kicked off. And uh, as we talked about kind of pre-Mike episode here, I am a learner at heart, and I knew that I was starting from ground zero. But that was invigorating for me. And even on this conversation here, I've learned a little bit about Zencaster, which we're using today, and I may switch to that. So there's this continual sense of, oh, there's something else that I don't know, and that's exciting. So I really mm. enjoy that. I I think there's uh, podcasting to me feels like it has a dangerous rabbit hole <laughs> about tech, um, but then it's got it's it's like a yin and yang, like the the horrible oh technology can be a, a, a tough you know mistress, but what you get when you do it right, the audio engagement and the intimacy of sound, yeah. Um, and I, I'm just wondering if. If you've thought at all about, in comparison to things you've done, you know, through your professional career, audio sounds like something you hadn't really done before. Like, I don't think you've ever done sports announcing, no. for example. Um, and was there anything that you learned about yourself when you were confronted with the audio aspects of podcasting? That's a really good question. I think in the context of work, I was a pretty good storyteller, but that would come in the form of presenting via keynote or PowerPoint mm -hmm. to a team internally within Nike or Adidas or or Easton kind of in the day. And so there's that notion of weaving a compelling story and keeping people interested in either inspiring or educating or informing. And that's a key component, but I think the audio side of it is even more personal. Even though my audience can be a little, a little bit larger on average now, I've got about 125 listeners or downloads per episode. So it wasn't often that I was in a room in the context of work speaking to 125 mm -hmm. people it was generally smaller. But you're really speaking to one person at a time. If I'm on the receiving end of a podcast, I feel like Dak Shepard or Anna Ferris is talking to me, and I know they're not. Dak gets a, a million an episode. <laughs> right. So I know I know it's not that personal, but it feels that way to me because it's going in, you know, yeah. in a really um you can't uh, offer feedback as you can in certain feedback in certain settings like Clubhouse. But I find it a kind of an intimate form of communication, and I enjoy that. I think you're uh, – I'm glad you highlighted the storytelling aspect of it because um, – so I have listened to Heavy Hitter Sports, and if you're within the sound of my voice, I recommend you listen to Heavy Hitter Sports. There are 
I'm not a sports guy. I mean, maybe they'll look like I should be. People always said, you should play football, like American football. I've, I've never really been into sports. Um, so I was like, eh, I don't know what I want to listen to Mark's podcast. But I'm like, all right, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. And a few months ago, I, I think, I forget exactly where, you posted an episode. And I listened to it. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to listen to the whole thing, even if I hate it. And I was a few minutes in and I was like, <laughs> oh shit, I forgot. I was supposed to be taking notes. Like I was trying to listen to review and like, I wanted to have some mileposts and I, I completely forgot. And I was actually engaged by the story. And I'm wondering if when you created, um, I'll, I'll leave it to you to think of there's a, if there's a particular episode you want to talk about, but when you're creating an episode, um, do you, do you like think about that up front? Like, how am I going to create a story or, or do you just sort of dive in? Cause sometimes you're doing host on mic. Sometimes you're uh, doing conversations or interviews and you're mixing that together. It's, it's really a highly produced artifact you're creating. So how much of the story creation happens like front loaded before you really begin creating and how much of it do you just dive in the pool and realize that you're creating a story? Well, I don't improvise very well. So, or at least I don't think that I do. So I prepare and then I spend a lot of time editing as well. So if it's a guest who's written a book, I'm unquestionably reading their book and I'm thinking about the story arc of their life or maybe the subject matter of that book. So I'm doing a lot of due diligence up front and I'm trying to think of what would be the most interesting to pull out. Um, you know, and if I think about somebody who I actually knew, because most of my guests I don't know necessarily. Uh, one I did, which is Zach Banner. And Zach is a um, Pittsburgh Steeler starting offensive right tackle. And he's also a fraternity brother of my son's. And so I had met Zach at USC a number of times. Zach is literally a big man. He's 6'9", 360. But he's got an even bigger personality. And he's mm. funny and he's dynamic. And he's taken some social justice stands, some of which are unexpected. He's African-American and not Jewish, but he had a lot of Jewish fraternity brothers. And so one of um, the NFL players at the time, and this was uh, two years ago, Deshaun Jackson said something that was inflammatory, off color about the Jewish faith. And that really spoke to Zach, hurt him. He created a video that had more than a million downloads. So there's generally something in somebody's story that's a little bit well, it's clearly interesting and maybe not something that everyone knows about. And mm -hmm. there I'm kind of looking for those elements to kind of dive into you. Um, and that's just one example of, it's interesting to one of the things that surprised me the most, my, my podcast is really focused on game changers in sports um, that have made a difference. And generally they have overcome adversity. They've shown mm -hmm. resilience. They've overcome the odds. And... <clears throat> You don't know in what form that's going to be or how they have achieved that necessarily. And I find that interesting as a discovery process. But oftentimes faith does come out as an answer. And, um, you know, I've had to kind of wrestle with that. I mean, I'm, I'm a person of faith, but in essence, this is not a faith-based podcast, right? So I want right, to be careful not about not overloading it with too much of that. But I had an interesting conversation with a former colleague at Adidas who had lost his son to uh, drugs. Uh, 10 years ago. And um, Bob basically used that as the impetus to create a educational awareness program with uh, his son's University of Arizona State. And Bob has raised $450,000 uh, mm. since then in that 10 year period of time. But in talking to um, Bob, and that was, you know, one of my favorite episodes in the sense of um, wanting to do justice to um, a good man and a good son and tell that story. 
But I will say this, after having edited that and listened to it six separate times, by the time I was literally done, I was exhausted because it's mm. a really compelling story and obviously does not have a happy ending. Um, so, but faith, faith was a key component of that as well, which I knew that one I knew going into it. So were you surprised at how much, and I'm, this is, there's an assumption packed into this question. Were you mm-hmm. surprised at how much effort it actually takes to create like a finished episode? You know, you had, you had this idea yep. of, well, I think I'll get into podcasting, but how surprising was that? Uh, quite surprising. I didn't know. And I, and I love the educational side of it. I love to learn. So part of the reason I'm doing this is for that, right. To dive into it, learn something new. Um, I can remember taking a walk by myself and I was, um, getting ready for this conversation with Bob Kalemi. Right. And I don't know that much about the drug alcohol abuse world. But I wanted to study up and be proficient enough to have an educated conversation. So literally, to your point, I'm listening to a couple of podcasts on this longer walk, and I'm taking notes on my walk. And I bump into an old friend from Nike, and he's like, what in the world are you doing? But it is that aspect. Um, I think I had shortchanged how much time it takes to edit. But to the point that you were talking about earlier, that's such a key component, right? Um, You don't necessarily, it depends on the format of the podcast, right? But I think in mine... I think you used a term like highly produced. I'm doing it all on my own and I love all aspects of it, but I want to spend the time and take the, devote the attention to doing it as best I can. What I didn't enjoy early on was the sound quality leveling and cause I'm not very proficient in that regard, mm. but now I use Buzzsprout and they have magic mastering. And so that takes care of my need or as, as, yeah. as much as I need. 2021 there's, there's, downright magic yeah <laughs> like yeah. 10 years yeah. ago things that you know took hours now it's just like please to apply magical filter yeah because um, you talked about the uh, i think you were implying about the uptake in terms of learning the techniques and the tools and all that stuff and everybody's got to go through that yeah um that was interesting in some respect but i wanted to get beyond that to then just focus on content and getting after the things that i really enjoy and i refer to it as game day but when i have a guest like i have yeah. uh, i had a guest yesterday and that hour is the most fun of the whole process in my mind. I it's just totally talking agree. to somebody. Like yep, I just love part that between the tar- part between record and stop. That's my yep. favorite part. I love that. Exactly. Part. Yeah. Um, at which I went to the great trouble to create this podcast so that I could get to press record. Well, you know, and, it, and in some respects it's just like sports, which is why I call it game day. Right. It's no, yeah. you know, it's like in order to perform, whether it's three hours on a football field or two hours on a basketball court or three and a half on a baseball diamond, it's the preparation that goes into Mm. it. It's the practice that matters, right? It's the due diligence on our end to know, you know, who we're talking to and the like. And then once the game takes place, then it circles back and you're doing the same thing over again. Right. But that's the beauty of sport. And I think podcasting too, there's an endless array of sports stories that I can dive into. Yeah. Um, have you given any thought to, so, uh, you know, like press the backspace key. I personally find it an ongoing, uh, not quite a struggle, ongoing effort, ongoing challenge to figure out how much of me should be in the shows that I create. And yeah. this, this show, which I refer to as a drag racing street car, like it has no doors, there's no seatbelts. It just goes zero to 60 and then it stops. It's just 20 minutes quick. So this one has a lot of me in it. Um, but other the other projects that I do, sometimes I feel like I shouldn't be, uh, I'm going to say air quotes seen, I shouldn't be heard, that that my presence in the finished thing would detract from um, 
but like the stories that you were talking about, or I've had some guests talk about suicide and, yeah. and I'm just like, uh, I know that I have a responsibility or that I've, I've chosen to take up a responsibility to be here, to create this thing, to record it. But I also feel like I really don't know that I'm qualified and I, maybe I shouldn't be here doing this. Do you, do you struggle with that in, in the podcast that you create as well? I do, especially now, cause I'm only 13 episodes in, right? So I will share some things about myself or my family, if I think it's relevant to the story, but there's that fine line. I don't want too much of myself coming into the podcast. I think one of the challenges, one of the things that's unfortunate about podcasting is you don't necessarily know who's listening other than the people who reach out to say, you know, right. good, bad, and different. And you don't know necessarily what really resonates with them unless you have that occasional one-on-one -on -one conversation. So I honestly don't know if people think I'm striking the right balance between myself and my guest. I'm generally like most podcasters that have interview settings. I'm trying to have a conversation that's relaxed and feels comfortable for people and hopefully interesting or illuminating or inspiring. But in essence, I've chosen a guest in particular because I think they have a story that's worthy of being told mm. and listened to. Do I have a story that's, uh, you know, I was trading podcasts basically with Suzanne Mueller, who was also part of the Kimbo program, and she's very accomplished. She's a business consultant. She's originally from Switzerland, lives in New York, has run 26 marathons, has also run an Ironman. She's written a couple of books. There's a reason why I'm asking Suzanne, Susanna to talk on my on podcast. She then said, oh, but I would really like to talk to you. And I think to myself, what am I going to offer? Like, I have nothing in that realm. So I'll, I'll do it for a learning experience, which is why I'm doing this. But um, on average... I think my listeners want to talk to the guests that I've gotten. Hmm. So we, we dove into all this talking about education and I've kind of fished around for places where you've been surprised or places where you've been challenged uh, mm -hmm. in the journey. And I'm wondering, have you seen it have an effect in, I'm going to call it like your immediate circle, you know, like your significant other, your kids or your parents, if they're around former coworkers, have you seen any changes in them just because of how you have been changed by what you've done with podcasting? Oh, that's interesting. Um, hmm. I think my son who loves sports listens for a couple of different reasons, generally because the topics might be on point and something of interest to him, especially when it's a friend like Zach Banner. And then it's also his dad, right? And we talk sports when we're taking a walk together and the like. So on, right. on some level, it's not that much different than real life. I think for my wife, who's still working at Intel, I think she enjoys it in the sense that, especially if a topic could resonate with some of her friends, right? Book club members and the like. And I, and I sent a note to one of her book club members yesterday because I just recently spoke to a woman uh, who I worked with at Nike, Lori Emmerich. And Lori's really talented. She's a, an, HR, an HR executive who's worked at Nike and Intel and Boeing and the like. And now she uh, is a master practitioner for the Wiseman Group. And Liz Wiseman wrote the, the uh, book Multipliers. But my guest, Lori, is also a devout Catholic, and her dad played football at Notre Dame. So I sent a note to my wife's friend who has a child who's just recently graduated from Notre Dame, couldn't be a more devout Catholic, and a sports fan. I was like, Mary, you may enjoy this. All right? So there's, there's that connection point. Not all episodes are going to resonate with all people, right? And I know that. Mm -hmm. But I think on average, there's generally something along the way that I can share with somebody that will strike a connection point. And one of the things I've been surprised about 
isn't so much the family reaction as people have come out of the woodwork, people that I haven't talked to at work in 20 plus years that have reached out. Now it may be for the sake of help or interest or just connect, you know, for a multitude of different reasons, you just don't know. So it kind of, uh, I guess it keeps you not newsworthy. That's a little too strong of a term, but it keeps you kind of in the zeitgeist. So, you know, rather than if I was just golfing every day and out there with a couple of buddies, but that was it. Right. Yeah. I might buy somebody in the 19th hole, but that would be it. So. Yeah. There's definitely uh, a cerebral itch that podcasting scratches for me, getting to hang out with and talk to people who I don't want to quite say I wouldn't otherwise bump into, but you know, like creating the artificial bookends of like, Hey, we're going to sit down from X to Y and we're going to record. And as much as we all love to talk about having a natural conversation, it's totally artificial. Like we're both wearing uncomfortable headphones. We're sitting in front yeah. of mics. We got computers. We're, I don't even know where you are. We're like, we're at least a hundred miles apart. Um, so it's a completely artificial thing, but in that suspension of disbelief that we're both willing to bring to the experience, then you can kind of forget all the rest of the uncomfortable stuff. And then yeah. that makes for a natural conversation for the people who get to hear it. Well, your point makes me think back to how I first got my um, first guest. And I um, had had some dental surgery that day. I'm up, a little bit pained. <laughs> it's midnight. <laughs> and, I'm look, and I'm online. And I went to USC. And I don't know if you know this story, but Jake Olson is the, uh, the first blind college football player. And Jake's story became obvious to or evident to sports fans when he was eight. And he was basically adopted by the USC football program. And he was a huge fan of the program. Went to practice actually the night before he lost sight in his last eye and became totally blind. And so I followed Jake's story throughout the years. And then Jake, amazingly, he's a four-point student in high school. He becomes a long snapper on the team and then becomes a walk-on. He gets a scholarship at USC and then walks onto the team when he's a junior. Amazing story. And I sent him a note because I looked at a video online. Basically, you're thinking about what, how can you be so active in social media when you're blind? And he explains the story. And so I sent him a message through LinkedIn. We had already been connected. And by nine o'clock the next morning, he's like, yeah, no, I'd be happy to be on your show. Now, the common bond was we're Trojans. And so, but I was like, now what do I do? Like, I, I was so behind in terms of being ready to do this, but this is the guy that I most wanted to speak to. And then a similar story with Jim Morris, who was the star of the Disney film, The Rookie, who becomes a uh, major league pitcher at the uh, age of 37. Same sort of thing. I had cheered up multiple times in the movie. I had actually cheered up in a sandwiched aisle on an airplane reading his book. So I'm like, of course I want to talk to somebody like this, right? And he was so gracious to also say yes. So that's how it all began. There's something about... I want to say there's something about podcast guests and I'm guessing it's probably because we like who we choose to focus on, but I, I've like talked to hundreds of people and they're all really nice. And, and, and there's something, yeah. if you go to the supermarket, it feels to me, and maybe, maybe this is me. Maybe the difference is me. If I go to the supermarket, I don't feel like there's 50 awesome people in here that I want to talk to or, or like on the highway when you're stuck in traffic and people are like honking and beeping, but something about, Hey Mark, do you want to record a podcast? it brings out the, it either brings out the best people or it brings out the best in people. I'm not sure which, you know, it's interesting. It makes me think, um, it's almost tribal. I'm going to tie it back to sport as well. Um, my son played high school and college lacrosse and I was not exposed to that sport, but I think everybody in lacrosse, whether you're the best in the game or you're just starting out wants to help each other. Hmm. And I feel like podcasting in some respects is that same world where, you know, so much more about podcasting than I do. 
but you're willing to impart knowledge and vice versa. I may be able to offer something to somebody else who's just starting out or maybe even more advanced. And it's just a different perspective or it's a tool that I've used or it's a different angle or it's a set of questions or whatever it might be. So I think there's that communal aspect that makes people when they go one-on-one on on a podcast Hmm. want to help, want to share, want to be connected. Um, But you're right. If I think about going out as I may have to later on to our local grocery store or Fred Meyer, which is what we call it. Now, in no way am I going for interaction with people. (laughs) I'll be nice as I'm checking out. But if somebody's coming down my aisle, no, I am not starting a conversation going, hey, tell me about a time when, no, not happening. Well, Mark, um, I think that's a great place to stop. I love, uh, never ceases to amaze me how 20 minutes into it, the guests are always, I want to just let them talk forever. Like, thank you so much for your insight. Uh, super appreciate, uh, quite honestly, I'm still listening to, I'm, I'm actually subscribed. I'm still listening to your podcast. You, I'm way that. behind, <laughs> way behind. But every time I listen to one, I'm like, you know what? I'm that's, I'm yes, that was really good. I'm, I'm not even speeding it up, you know, that kind of thing. So well, thank you. That's very uh, nice. Please keep doing what you're doing. Um, I think you've done a great job so far and I can't wait to see what else you create. And I'm totally with you on the education long-term thing. So it's a pleasure. Well, thank you. I've really enjoyed this. All right. Have a good day, Mark. Bye. Thank you.